chapter 5, we're going to read verse, uh, I'm sorry, not chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. We'll read verse 5 through 11. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace be with you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you say to us through it. And Lord, help us to give heed and Lord, to allow it to, uh, to make the difference in our hearts and minds to be what you want us to be. In your name we pray. Amen. This uh, verse starts out with that uh, one, one word, ex- or two words, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Um, give yourself a test. Give yourself a test. It, that's what it's saying. Examine yourselves. Prove your own selves. You know, uh, it's, it's the idea of looking to see what's going on. Now, the, the, the idea or the, the direction I'm going to go here is talking about our growth. Are we growing? Are we what we're supposed to be? You know, from the very beginning of a pregnancy nowadays, now years ago they didn't, but now that we have technology and we can do blood tests and all kinds of tests, they're checking the numbers from the get-go. As soon as the doctor finds out, they want to do some blood work. They want to check some numbers. They want to see if everything is going. They're examining whether or not everything in that the growth of that child is going the way that it's supposed to go. And it continues all through the pregnancy. And then there's, then once the baby's born, what are we doing? You know, most of our kids, they were off the growth charts when they were born. But by a year old, they were at the bottom of the growth charts. Because we're little people, Rebecca and I. Now, Brother Taylor, his kids were off the growth charts from the day they were born until today. <laughs> Because he's a bigger guy than I am. But, uh, you know, looking at growth, we, we want to see growth in our kids. And, and if there are those milestones of expectation. We had Abigail, and that girl was talking for who laid the rail from the very beginning. She was saying sentences before she was a year old. Well, Chloe came along, and she hardly said a word until after she was a year old. And we were like... 
You know, Seth was kind of average. Abigail was above the scales when it came to language. Chloe just did. And we were like, what's going on? But she's fine. She's all right. (laughs) But we're always concerned about the growth of our children. Is it going the way it's supposed to go? We've got them. We get them to the doctor. We have them check this. We have them check that. We want to know that their, their physical growth is happening. And then we start preparing for them. You know, young parents are always concerned. Do I have the right books? Do I have the right little things for them to play with? You know, the world, the advertisements in the world is that, that you know, this is what your kids got to have. This is the thing you've got to have for them. Uh, you know, are we getting them on the teams? Are we, are we getting them to the, to, the, to the lessons? Are they in this? Are they in that? And we want them to grow because we want all those various things that's happening. We, it's part of their development. And so we're concerned about their growth. Then we come to a point where we're not concerned about our growth. Today at school, we had a boy, he was talking about his dad had lost 30 pounds. I said, yeah, I need to lose 30 pounds. We don't, we don't want so much growth. I was looking up, uh, you know, our, our nose continues to grow. And I had two grandpas, Paul Gilpin, Paul Collins. They had some big noses. I know what I got to look forward to. <laughs> because as you get older, your nose keeps growing. Your ears keep growing. There are various parts of your body that they don't quit growing on you. Uh, Paul was concerned here in the book of Corinthians. He's at the end of his second epistle. He's wrote two epistles to them. He has addressed problem after problem with these Corinthians. In the first Corinthians, we know there were, there were issues that were dealt with. In second Corinthians, there were more issues that were dealt with. Paul's getting to the end. We're in the last chapter of second Corinthians and he's closing it up and he's kind of giving a little, he's giving a little ahead of time. He's saying, uh, I'm going to be there. And all this that I wrote to you while I was absent, that came down there at, in verse 10. While I was absent, I wrote these things to you so that some of this stuff could, he was hoping some of the stuff would be taken care of before he got there because he didn't want to be sharp with them. He didn't want to be sharp with them. He wanted to just be able to come in and give some edification. And how many times did I hear it? And how many times have I said it to my kids? When I get home, this better be done or you're in trouble. Well, we don't want to get them in trouble. We hope that shakes them up enough to get it done. And there were occasions when I did do it, but there were occasions when I didn't. And Dad showed himself out when I didn't. <laughs> but uh, Paul said, I've, I've addressed all these things to you and the reason I've done that is because these issues need to there needs to be something changing in the way that you as Corinthian Christians are growing in the Lord and he says examine yourselves whether you be in the faith prove your own selves know ye not that your ye know know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. 
that word reprobates there, except you be a failure, except you didn't pass the test. If you check to whether or not you be in the faith and you realize you're missing something, take care of it. Prove yourselves. There needs to be a growth. You know, the first thing that has to happen if we're going to grow spiritually is we have to be alive spiritually. So the first thing that has to happen is you've got to be saved. There's not going to be any spiritual growth in anyone's life until your spirit is reborn and you're born again. And so Paul's saying, hey, you need to examine whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. No, you know yourselves. You know yourselves. Uh, you know yourselves whether Christ is in you unless you know he really isn't. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. He wants them to continually pursue maturity. He wants them to continually pursue uh, spiritual maturity. They had been immature. He told them in, in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians, he said, you're babes. You're babes. You're not growing. You're not becoming what God wants you to be. And so he was addressing the need for spiritual growth in their life. If we don't see physical growth in our children's lives, we know something's wrong. I've got a friend whose their son was uh, was not growing like he needed to. And so through medicine, he was able to take uh, human growth hormones and he was able to bring some some uh, some changes to his and so the young man uh, it looks looks pretty average now now that, that the doctors have been able but he wasn't growing like he needed to and the same thing in our spiritual life if there isn't growth spiritually there's something wrong there's a problem and so Paul is saying examine yourselves you need to make sure that you're in the faith that you are continuing in your relationship in your growing relationship with Jesus Christ Paul wasn't uh, he wasn't suggesting anything that he hadn't done himself but he wanted them to check closely. Give close scrutiny to your thoughts, to your actions. Give close scrutiny to your relationship with God. He says, but I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. We're not failures. We're not failures. You know our testimony. Uh, you know our testimony. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil. I pray to God... That you do no evil, that that you that you move away from the things that are wrong. I pray to God that you move away from the things that are wrong. Not and he says, not that we should appear approved. The reason I want you to do good is not in that sometimes as parents we're this way. We want our kids to act right because of the way it looks on us. We want our kids to do this or that good because we want the recognition of it. Uh, we want, and so that's the wrong attitude to have. And Paul is saying, that's not my perspective. I'm not telling you to do this because it's going to bring some approval to me. But I want it to be that in you there is the development, the spiritual development and spiritual growth going on. That you should do the things that are honest. That you should do the things that are honorable. Even if we end up being a failure. 
Even if I end up doing wrong, I want you to do the best. And that's, that's the way I've seen that happen before with uh, some parents that I've had to deal with that were making some terrible choices in life. And they weren't fixing it, and they weren't making it better. But when I had to talk to them about what was going on with their kids, you know what their attitude was? Their attitude was, I want my kid to do right. I don't want him to follow the path I followed. They weren't willing to really repent and get right with God, but they could stand there and say, no, I don't want this life for my boy or for my girl because I want the best for him. That's what Paul was saying. Even if I end up being a reprobate, I want you guys to grow in the Lord. And I want you to have that relationship that you need to have, that God wants you to have with him. And take the steps of action in your life to grow. It's important. It's so important to to examine ourselves. And it's something we should do on a regular basis. That we would do it on a regular basis and check and see what God desires to be fixing and building and growing in our life to exercise discipline and so Paul said I don't want to I don't want to be the one to give the discipline but I want you to check yourself examine yourself as a Christian it's important for us uh, to come to maturity to come to maturity and to grow and be what God wants us to be and it says there it uses that word uh, for we are glad Verse 9, when we, for we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong. So he's talking about his assertiveness as a leader, that I don't have to be the one that pushes you into it, but I want you to have the strength to be doing it yourself. And that's, 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 that's as a, a, Paul is acting like a father here. He's wanting to get into the place to where the, you, they're maturing and they're growing and they're able to take on their own uh, responsibility for themselves and they're, they're seeing their spiritual maturity continue. And so he's saying, uh, we're glad when we're weak, when I don't have to do something, something to help you. That's the way it is in school as, you tra- as we train them. I, in a math class, I'm glad when I, they can finally move on in something on their own and they don't need me to always be helping them with the steps but they get to that place of maturity and understanding to where they're doing it on themselves and I I love watching the progress you know and I'm working with high schoolers and I can see them from algebra one to to pre-calculus and by the time they get here the things that they were looking back and going man they were scratching their head and saying that's so hard and then the by the senior year and they're in pre-calculus they look back and they go that was easy that wasn't hard That's the kind of, and and they don't need me to help them with the algebra. That's the kind of growth that that Paul was talking about. I don't have to be the one that has to get you through, but you have the strength, you have the muscles, you have the skills, you have the spiritual development to continue your own spiritual walk with the Lord and you're growing and becoming what God wants you to be. It's up to us to examine ourselves to, to check ourselves and see what needs to be done and to finally get to the place to where that we don't have to have somebody pushing us in a spiritual direction. So he said, examine yourselves. I've given you all this stuff in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians. Now it's time for you to pick up the mantle and take responsibility 
for your own spiritual growth. What's happening in your life? And so uh, he's talking to them about, about that, that she wished that even your perfection, the end of verse 9 there, that's where I was going when I got stuck on be strong, that ye are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Now that's not talking about somebody being 100% accurate and perfect as we think of, but this is perfection as in maturity, as in growing, uh, and that's what my Bible has in the margin here, maturity, that word perfection. It's not the, the, what we think of, but it's maturing, it's growing, it's becoming what it needs to be. The best example I like to, to use is in, in biology, you have a perfect flower and an imperfect flower. And I can't think of which one is, I can't give you an example of one or the other, but the difference between an imperfect flower and a perfect flower is a perfect flower has all the parts a flower is supposed to have. But an imperfect flower will be missing something. Maybe there's one part on that flower that doesn't, so this plant doesn't produce the, a complete flower in every way. And, but the Plants that have a perfect flower, they have all the parts they're supposed to have. That's what Paul's saying. I want you to mature. I want you to have all the parts you're supposed to have in your spiritual life so that you're growing and you're becoming what God wants you to be. There's a couple of examples that we can look at uh, in Scripture, and these examples have to do with, uh, with younger people. You've got the example of... of uh, Samuel, in the book of 1 Samuel, you know, and you have the story that Samuel there, as a young man, that uh, he was a child that was brought to the house of the Lord, and the Bible says that he did minister unto the Lord before Eli the priest. He was a young man that was growing and maturing. You get into chapter 2, and it starts talking about, about Samuel. He was the son of Elkanah, the son of Hannah. And he, he was living with Eli, and Eli had his own sons. And you got two sets of sons there. Eli's sons were a little bit older than Samuel, but when you look at them, you see the difference between somebody who took responsibility for their own spiritual maturity, and you have people, someone who did take responsibility for their own spiritual maturity. Now, Eli had some responsibility in it himself, but in the end, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Hophni and Phinehas were responsible. Was it Hophni and Phinehas or was it Nadab and Abihu? I think I got the sons mixed up. <laughs> but we'll go on. Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did. This is in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel. That Samuel did unto, unto Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. He said to them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is not good, not good. For it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to, to transgress. If one man sinned against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. They, wouldn't, they did not examine themselves. They went on their own way. They did their own thing. They went their own direction. And they did not take responsibility for their own spiritual growth. Their father was telling them, 
giving them some good counsel. He, he failed in his, 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 his job of restraining them, but they failed in their job of listening to his counsel. But then you see verse 26 says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. You got two sons, they weren't growing. Oh, they were growing up. And they were becoming wicked, but they weren't growing spiritually. They failed to follow the Lord. And Samuel, but it says there that Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. In chapter 3, it says, talking about Samuel, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. You've got this story of Samuel and these two sons and that that their 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 place. There's a couple things we can know. You know, for Samuel, one thing it said that he did was he ministered to the Lord. You know, the if you're going to grow spiritually, it requires action. You got to take some steps and do some stuff. Spiritual growth doesn't happen just because you sit on a pew. Now, sitting on a pew is part of it, but if that's all you do, that's not enough. There, there are spiritual actions that you have to take. The child Samuel ministered to the Lord. He faithfully served. And when we serve God, when we're doing something for the Lord, you know, it's, we're involving our thoughts. We're involving our words. We're involving our actions. All of that should be part of, ser- it's part of serving God. And there's all kinds of ways we can serve the Lord. There's all kinds of ways that we can serve him. It doesn't tell us exactly what Samuel did. I'm going to imagine as a young man, he did some things that weren't very exciting as he ministered unto the Lord. Because he wasn't old enough to do some things in the temple that might have been something people would notice. He did some pretty mundane things, but it says he ministered unto the Lord. If, and that was part of his growth. If we're going to grow in the Lord, we've got to have some action. We've got to start serving. We've got to start doing some stuff. Uh, another thing that we have to do is your spiritual growth is going to be measured by your godly living. Because look at the two sets of sons. Samuel's life, everybody noticed. From Dan to Beersheba, they recognized the godliness in that young man. But so did all the other people recognize the ungodliness in the other two sons. The the world will notice our godly living. There's going to be action of serving. There's going to be godly living that's going to go on. And, uh, and it's not to be taken lightly. One thing that Eli's sons did was they just blew off every bit of, of recommendation, every bit of counsel, and they, they just said they weren't worried a bit about it. They weren't worried a bit about their spiritual lives. But Samuel gave attention to it. He gave attention to it. We know in that story... The voice of God was speaking to him. He was responding. He was listening. So our spiritual growth is something that we can't take lightly. It's a matter of life or death. That's what 
Eli said to his sons, it's a matter of life or death. Your spiritual growth. Look where you boys are going. Look the direction you're going. It's a matter of life or death that you are growing spiritually. We have to grow spiritually. We have to have that growth in our life. And we can't sit back and just kind of think we're going to coast. Because if you're not growing, you're dying. So we have to have spiritual growth in our life. You know, and there's, that was an example of a young man, and I'm not speaking to an audience with a lot of young people in here, but you can see also in Scripture lots of examples of, of not just kids, but, but uh, you know, Joshua. He was 80 years old when he took the reins from Moses, and he grew in that ministry even at that age. Uh, you know, Moses... He was 80 years old before the, the, the Lord ever got a hold of him, and he got straightened out. And the Lord, he was able to grow spiritually in his life. And so it's not just something for young people. It's something for all of us. And, you know, the greatest example of all is, is the growth of, of Jesus, our Savior. It said there of him, and, and this is speaking of him when he was a, when he was a young man. says that he increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. There was growth. There was growth. What, what areas of growth did Christ have to have? Well, if we can see him increasing, I know we can increase. We can, we can increase in our spiritual life and our spiritual growth. It's important for us to grow spiritually and give heed to our spirits. We don't want to be one, except ye be reprobate, except you fail the test. We don't want to fail the test. I want to look with, with you for a minute in Hebrews chapter 5. There's a couple verses there that we want to look at. And uh, Hebrews is a, is a book where the, the, they're dealing with these Christians, and they're not, they're not young Christians. These are a group of Christians that have been Christians. And he's, he's, he's asking them some of the same questions and, and addressing them in some of the same ways. He's saying for, in, verse, in chapter 5 and verse 12 of Hebrews, it says, for when, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, this is the growth level you should have come to, ye have need that one teach you. He's addressing them and saying, you ought to be in the place where you're a teacher, but you really are one that needs teaching. Teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. What is your, he's, he's the same idea the the writer is coming at. Most people believe it's Paul here in, in Hebrews. He's, it's, He's coming at the same thing. You need to examine yourselves. What's your spiritual growth like? What's happening in your life? Where are you in what you need to be in the kingdom of God? Uh, we're not to be continually to be babes in need of milk. Verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Where are you at in your spiritual growth? You, you ought to be teachers. 
You ought to be teachers. You ought to be somebody who can, who can serve the Lord, who can minister like Samuel, who can be moving in that, those areas of your life. Uh, you ought to be in that place, but you're, you, you're having to be someone who needs to be taught all the time. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. And so you see here, immaturity, one thing that's true about immaturity is the, the in, uh, inability to make good decisions. Immaturity means you're going to make some bad decisions. You're going to not choose, discern good and evil. And so your spiritual leaders in your life are going to have to be straightening you out and telling you don't go that direction and and you need to be moving this direction. And, and the writer's saying here, it's time for you to be the teacher, the one who gives the direction, the one who knows the right way to go, the one that has the right kind of spiritual discernment, the one that has grown to that place to where that it's, we're not feeding you with milk anymore, but you're, you, you know the strong meat. You know what's right and wrong, and you're able to discern. You know what the Word of God says, and you're able to hold to it, and you're able to express it and live it. Spiritual growth, it's something that we have to continue to see in our lives. We want to see the ourselves grow and become what God wants us to be. Not unfamiliar with the truth of Scripture, but familiar with it. Uh, maturity will have a growing understanding of Scripture. Maturity will have a, a, a growing ability to make wise, godly choices. Spiritual maturity will know about the Word of God, and they'll apply it and live the Word of God. And Paul says, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on. So he's basically saying, getting saved isn't where you stop. You go on to maturity. You go on to perfection. That word perfection again, you go on to maturity, to where that you have what you need. You have a good understanding of the word of God. You're serving him. You're, you're, you're applying yourself to work in his kingdom. You have discernment to know right and wrong and make those good choices. And you have the let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from the dead. An immature Christian finds themselves in failures and having to come back and repent. Now, none of us are perfect, but we're mature. And we have the Spirit of God and the Word of God that keeps us, that keeps us as we mature in Him. Now, laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. We want to move on. Move on. Move on. Get deeper. Get stronger. Grow up in the things of God. Uh, he addresses a few more things there, but we're going to skip down to verse 9. It says, But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, 
we know Paul, the, the writer's saying, uh, you, you, you know, you need to be teachers. We're persuaded that you're going to do better. <laughs> you're going to get there. I know you can make it. He's encouraging them here now. We're persuaded better things of you. Things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. We know that you can do it. And these things that go with salvation, you're going to grow in and become stronger in it. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor love. God's watching. He's watching our efforts to grow deeper in him, to be what he wants us to be, which ye have showed towards his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. He sees our efforts as we be like Samuel and we minister in the house of God, as we make those right decisions, as we get a deeper understanding of the word of God. He doesn't, he's watching. He sees what we're doing. You know what he does? He adds to us his blessing, and his help. He's, he's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Ministering to the saints is do mystery. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. It takes work in the spiritual realm to grow. It takes effort. It's something you have to pay attention to, to the full assurance of the hope unto the end. You know, any, any, any area of your life where you want to experience growth, it's going to take effort and diligence. Over time, if, as I have learned to be a teacher, it's, and I've learned, to, I've, I've, I learned things every year about how to be a better teacher, it takes diligence and effort. I'm sure you guys that work construction, you learn a new technique, you figure out another way to do it, you figure out how to get the job done in a more efficient way. The more you work, the more effort you put into it, the more you learn. It's the same way in our spiritual life. We have to be diligent in our spiritual life. It has to be a lifelong dedication that we make to continually seek to know God and to please Him and to pursue spiritual growth in our life. You can kind of think of some people in your life that have been that one that urged you on to spiritual perfection. Verse 12 says that you be not slothful. You can't lay it down. When we decide to quit, you know, I've noticed over the years as a, as a basketball coach, you know, I started coaching when I was really young. And I was, uh, I was single. I was 20, 21 years old. I could run all day with them. I could show them up. You know, a few years went by, and they started catching up with me. And then a few years went by, and the way it is now is I can barely get it <laughs> because the skill has been lost. <laughs> I don't exercise it. And old age steps in, too, and causes problems. But I don't exercise that skill. I've lost it. Some of you may have learned to play the piano when you were young. Your mom or dad may have paid for lessons for you to be in band. But you haven't touched it in a few years, and what's happened? Oh, you can might get over there and do something if you put a little work into it. 
and a little effort, you might could get it back. It's the same way in our spiritual life. If it's not something that you're giving your close attention to, examining, am I growing in the Lord? Am I becoming what God wants me to do? If you're slothful in it, you're going to lose out. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Not slothful, but we're giving attention and we're giving our diligence to where I am in my walk with the Lord and am I growing to become what he wants me to be. Examining my personal growth. It's not an option. We've got to do it. And uh, we need to plot a course for our own spiritual growth. What areas do we need to address? What are some practical things? Where can I minister? Where can I get more understanding of the Word? How can I, how can I grow in the Word? What about my prayer life? What are the things? Examine myself. And, and as we do this, I, I'll be the first one to admit, I need to pick up the pace in a few areas. Because you kind of get mundane in a few things. And you think, well, it's just kind of, it's habit, routine. I need to examine myself. I need to see where I am in my growth to learn to become what God wants me to be and to go on to move on to perfection, to maturity. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. How can the Lord use you this week? And how can you grow in the Lord? Lord, we thank you for what you say to us. Lord, you challenge us. Lord, help me to be open before you and honest, Lord. Help me to see the areas of my life that need more attention and more diligence in my spiritual life. Lord, to become the man of God that you want me to be, to become the dad you want me to be, to become the, the principal you want me to be, to become the, uh, the friend you want me to be in this kingdom of yours. Lord, we pray for every, each and every one in this congregation. Help us to go on to perfection. To, to grow in you and be what you want of us. In your name we pray, amen.